Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. It is Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz. Ben Ferguson with you as always. And Senator, the number one question that everybody wants to know right now uh, on this Memorial Day is the Biden debt deal. The Biden debt ceiling. Is there a deal with Republicans? And if there is... What does that look like for the American people? Well, and it was announced uh, on Sunday that there was an, a, quote, agreement in principle between Joe Biden and Kevin McCarthy. And the agreement in principle included some cuts in spending from what Biden wanted. It also included an extension in the debt ceiling. And, and I would say as we sit here, you and I are recording this Sunday night. Uh, at this point, we don't have the text of the bill. We have not seen exactly what's in the bill. So it is not entirely clear all of the details. But based on what we know now, there are some good elements, but there are a lot of things that are disappointing. Uh, As I'm sitting here right now, I'm disappointed that this agreement does not cut more. And I'm also disappointed that this agreement adds a lot of debt in exchange for relatively little cuts. Now, we can break that down piece by piece. And, and walk through what's in it and what's not, with the caveat that the bill text, at this point, we still haven't seen, and presumably we will see sometime soon. Well, let's start with, is there something in this bill that we could probably get excited about as conservatives? Because I know this is a fight, but there are many conservatives saying, okay, we won back the House. Surely we're going to get something that's positive for us from winning back the house. Is there a a light at the end of the tunnel saying, hey, at least from what we've been told, obviously we don't have the text yet, but there are going to be some victories for us? Well, uh, I, I can tell you what House leadership is emphasizing. So on Sunday afternoon, I sent out a tweet critical of this deal. And in particular, that, that House leadership had been saying that there's not, that the Democrats don't get a single thing from this deal. And, and I sent out a tweet and said, well, Actually, they get four trillion things, which is the four trillion in new debt that this deal adds, and that they also get, I said, 87,000 new things with the 87,000 IRS agents. Uh, And I'll tell you, within minutes of sending that tweet, uh, I was on the phone with Kevin McCarthy, and Kevin called me. Kevin and I are friends, and and he was unhappy with what I had expressed. And look, I respect that Kevin picked up the phone and called me, and he pitched what he saw as the benefits of this agreement, and, and I listened to, listened to him and gave him gave him a respectful hearing. And, and actually, later in the afternoon, I was on a call with with Kevin McCarthy and and with all the Republican senators, where he walked through the benefits. I'll tell you, according to 
House leadership, the biggest benefits in the deal are, are as follows. Number one, they're leaning in aggressively on the permitting reforms. They say that there are significant permitting reforms that will speed up the development of energy, that will speed up the development of construction projects, that will reduce the time spent on NEPA, which is very costly and slow environmental regulations. And, and, and if those reforms are real, that's good. Uh, we haven't seen the details yet, but that's at least House leadership is pitching that as a significant victory. Uh, secondly, what they're pitching as a significant victory uh, is work requirements for SNAP and TANFs. Now, SNAP are food stamps, uh, and, and TANF is, is what used to be uh, aids to families with, defending children, uh, with dependent children. And from what we understand, it expands work requirements from individuals from age 49. It expands it up to age 54. So it adds four more, five more years, rather, of work requirements. They're pitching that as a positive. The third positive they're pitching is they say that there's a provision in the bill that if Congress does not pass the appropriation bills this year, that a budget cap kicks in automatically that is current spending minus 1%. And so they're pitching that as another fiscal benefit. Those are the main arguments they're laying out. All three of them, the details matter. Uh, if they are as leadership's describing them, those are positive. Th th those are not nothing. There's obviously the, the big question that many have heard about. There's been a lot of attention on this, Senator, on social media, and that's about IRS agents. There is a concern that the IRS cannot be trusted, that they're targeting uh, people. We saw what happened with Matt Tibby, uh when he was testifying before Congress and the IRS is knocking on his door. And many people believe that these new IRS agents would, in fact, uh, be nothing more than harassment agents for those that are Christian, those that are conservative uh, in, in general. Look at Matt Taibbi is a perfect example of this. We know what happened in the past with Tea Party and conservative groups, patriot groups, Second Amendment groups. And before you answer that, I want to tell you about our friends over at Chalk. If you're a guy and you are feeling like you've lost a little bit of your strength and vitality, you feel like you've gotten a little bit older, you have more of that weakness and complacency, that is something that, well, is not really a problem. It's a reality for many men. Testosterone levels have fallen off a cliff historically. They're at an all-time low. And that is exactly where Chalk comes in. They're here to help real American men get back your strength and vitality. I've been taking Chalk. You can go online to choq.com, and I've been taking it now for several months, the male vitality stack. I can tell you personally, it works, and it can help you boost your testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. Let me say that again. Boost your testosterone levels over 20% up to 20% over 90 days. All you have to do is go to chalk.com. Chalk's natural herbal supplements are clinically proven to have game-changing effects on your energy, your focus, and your mood. Maximize your masculinity today at chalk. C-H-O-Q.com. Use a promo code BEN for 35% off any chalk subscription for life. C-H-O-Q.com. Promo code BEN. Uh, those IRS agents, Senator, are something that so many are concerned about. You mentioned that as well in your tweet today. Where are we on those uh, this army of IRS agents? Is that in this deal? Are we going to be able to stop that? Well, it's, it's not entirely clear. So the original bill the House passed, the, what was called the Limit, Save, and Grow bill, uh, 
That zeroed out the $80 billion in new funding that Democrats rammed through in the prior Congress for the IRS. That $80 billion was going to be directed to 87,000 new IRS agents and employees to be hired to harass the American people. And the first bill the House passed zeroed that out. We don't know exactly what's in the Biden-McCarthy deal. The New York Times reported that the IRS new spending was reduced by $10 billion. In other words, from $80 billion to $70 billion. So that's pretty disappointing. And one House Republican tweeted out that the cuts are only $1.88 billion, so $1.9 billion instead of $10 billion. We don't know for sure. I will say, when, when, when I tweeted out, based on the public reporting, that the 87,000 new IRS agents were still there, and, and Kevin called me, what he argued is he says in this bill— they zero out the new spending for the IRS for next year so that they cannot hire the new IRS agents next year. And, and the pitch he made is we zero it out next year and we'll fight over subsequent years in appropriations to stop Biden from hiring them in those years. I, until I see the text, I, I can't assess that, but that's at least his response. If it's right that they zero it out next year, that's good. On, on its face, I'm glad they zeroed out next year if that's in there. I'd rather see the whole $80 billion zeroed out, but, but zeroing it next year is, is a significant step in the right direction. But again, the devil's in the details. A lot of conservatives that were, that were just recently elected to the House, they have pledged, and they've been doing this a lot on social media, that they are going to try to do everything they can to stop this from passing the House of Representatives. Uh, there have been a lot of hardline members of the, of the House Freedom Caucus. Chip Roy is one of those who said on Twitter exactly that. We're going to try uh, to stop it th- th- this from happening. After you talk to House leadership, do you feel pretty confident uh, that Democrats and Republican negotiators are, in fact, able to iron this out, the final details of this agreement, and, and to be clear what this is, to, spend, to suspend the federal government's $31.4 trillion debt ceiling in the coming days. And, and they're acting like this is a victory. I worry that, yes, this is a short-term victory, Senator. And many Americans, I think, worry that, yeah, this is short-term. But how much damage are we doing to this country when we're going this much into debt without real cuts to spending? Yeah, and look, that, that is my principal concern. So in the original bill, the, the Limit, Save, and Grow bill, what it did is it rolled back discretionary spending. So what does discretionary spending mean? Uh, the federal budget, there are two components. There's what's called mandatory spending, and there's what's called discretionary spending. So mandatory spending are things like Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. They're things that are on autopilot in the federal budget, and they grow automatically. Congress doesn't appropriate every year. They're set to be automatically appropriated. Discretionary spending is essentially everything else, and, and so that is what Congress takes up and appropriates each year. The Limit, Save, and Growth Grow Bill cut discretionary spending from $1.7 trillion in fiscal year 23 to $1.47 trillion in fiscal year 24, so that was uh, $230 billion, cutting the actual spending levels. And then it capped spending at 1% per year. And that was calculated, just that reduction in spending was calculated to save a total of $3.2 trillion. Now, 
We don't know for sure, but what has been reported publicly, according to the New York Times, is that this deal leaves discretionary spending at the exact same level, $1.7 trillion, that it was in fiscal year 23. In other words, that it, we lose the entirety of that cut. And it then grows from 1% from there on. Now, it's a big difference if you're growing 1% from $1.7 trillion or growing 1% from $1.47 trillion because it, it makes a $3.2 trillion difference over time. What does that mean in total? The New York Times is reporting that the total savings of the deal are about $650 billion. That is a massive reduction from the $4.8 trillion total savings in the Limit, Save, and Grow bill. Now, I can tell you, when I asked Kevin about that this afternoon, he pressed back pretty hard, and he said, why are you believing the New York Times? And I said, look, I don't have bill text. What else do you want me to believe? All, all I have are the public reports. If the bill text shows something different, then we'll discuss it on the pod. But what the New York Times is saying right now, at least, is that this agreement is giving $4 trillion in new debt in exchange for much, much smaller spending cuts. If that is true, that's pretty deeply disappointing. There's always people, Senator, they're saying the sky is falling when they don't get what they want. And, and I'll just give you examples of, of, of the spectrum here. Representative Norman uh, on the debt deal today said what I'm hearing is, quote, anything but fiscal sanity. Then you move over to Lindsey Graham. He's raging against this debt deal, warning that the cuts could, quote, cripple the military. And then Kevin McCarthy says the, the debt ceiling deal is, quote, worthy of the American people. That's a pretty big spectrum swing there. Which one is it? Well, um, there may be some truth to all of those. Look, leadership in both the House and Senate are going to pitch that this is the greatest deal since sliced bread. The White House is pitching this is a terrific deal. A lot of Democrats are pitching this is a terrific deal. The number of Democrats who are happy with this should give you real pause. Um in terms of the military hawks, and, and part of the way we got into $32 trillion in debt is there's a dynamic that, that, that the Democrats play against Republicans, which is we have a big chunk of the Republican caucus that consider themselves military hawks and that always want to spend massive amounts on the military. Now, I consider myself a military hawk. I put myself in that camp, but I'm also a fiscal hawk, so I don't want to bankrupt the country while we are investing what we need to invest in our military. And Lindsay is one who, who focuses very much on the military side and, and, and far less on the fiscal side. And the trade-off the Democrats always do is, well, if, you know, if you want your guns, we get our butter. And, and so they, they typically leverage the military hawks in the Republican Party to get the trillions in spending they want on the social side. This trade-off, um, I think on the military side, much of the gnashing of teeth may be overstated, but again, we haven't seen the bill, so, so we will see the details. I will tell you something that leadership is pitching as positive. So the first version of Limit, Save, and Growth uh, rescinded the unspent COVID spending that, that Congress had appropriated. That saved about $30 billion dollars. This agreement is likewise expected to rescind 
unspent, unspent COVID relief funds and also vaccine research and disaster relief. We don't know the, know the details of that, but we're being told that could be saving 50 to $70 billion. So depending on what that is, that could be a positive element. Now let me give you a negative element. The Limit, Save, and Grow bill repealed almost all of the ridiculously named Inflation Reduction Act's energy and climate tax credit expansions, which saved $569 billion. According to the public reporting, no changes are made in this. So this is something that the Biden White House won and, and, and that House Republicans were not able to prevail on. So that's disappointing. Um, focusing on the work requirements. The House included work requirements not just on food stamps and, and welfare, but also on Medicaid, which is a huge component. Based on the public reporting, there are work requirements, although we'll see how stringent there are, but there are at least some work requirements for food stamps and, and welfare, but not for Medicaid. And Medicaid is a massive program. So back and forth, what's reported at least is, is that House Republicans got some of what was included in the first bill, but it's not clear how much. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. I want to play part of what Joe Biden said, and rarely does he take questions from the media. Rarely does he have press conferences. He did have uh, a, a kind of a press conference today live from the White House. I want to play for you what he said about reaching this bipartisan agreement. And then he was asked uh, about from a reporter about, hey, why did you compromise? But before I do that, I want to tell you about our friends at Augusta Precious Metals. Uh, if you are sick and tired of worrying about your retirement and protecting your hard-earned dollars, you're tired about being stressed out about what's happened with interest rates, and you're tired about worrying about losses and not having enough time to make them up, this is why you should call Augusta Precious Metals. You can understand how a gold IRA can actually help you protect your hard-earned dollars. I work with Augusta Precious Metals, and I can tell you it is a company that I trust and use because they made it simple. They helped me with a gold IRA, and they made sure that it was the right answer for me. 
they give you just the facts, no pressure. In fact, Augusta Precious Metals will tell you if a gold IRA or a 401k is not the right move for you. And it's a crazy economy right now. It is so important, very close to retirement, or if you're in retirement, that you preserve your wealth because there's no time to make up losses. So if you've saved $100,000 or more, take a look at their free guide, and you can sign up for a one-on-one web conference. Both of them are filled with economic insights and gold IRA info for your peace of mind. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, and you can also find out about free gold. Yes, when you switch over part of your IRA or 401k, you can even get free gold. one the number four, gold IRA. Get your free gold, free information, and retirement protection by calling 877. The number four, gold IRA. That's 877. The number four, gold IRA, or AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's Augusta Precious Metals. Senator, I want you to hear how Biden described it. Some thought he was, you know, not that excited. And I'm like, well, it is Biden. It's kind of hard to read him on most days. Let's be honest. Here's what he had to say. Sorry to keep you waiting, but uh, we've got good news. We've got a just spoke with Speaker McCarthy and we've reached a bipartisan budget agreement that we're ready to move to the full Congress. And I think it's a really important step forward, excuse me. And it takes uh, the threat of catastrophic default off the table, protects our hard-earned and historic economic recovery. And the agreement also represents a compromise, which means no one got everything they want. But that's the responsibility of governing. And this is a deal is good news, I believe, you'll see, for the American people. The agreement prevents the worst possible crisis, a default for the first time in our nation's history. An economic recession, retirement accounts devastated, millions of jobs lost. It also protects key priorities and accomplishments and values that congressional Democrats and I have fought long for, long and hard for. Investing in America's agenda that's creating good jobs and communities throughout the country. It protects Social Security, Medicare, and veterans, and so much more. The speaker and I made clear from the start that the only way forward was a bipartisan agreement. That agreement now goes to the United States House and to the Senate. I strongly urge both both chambers to pass that agreement. Let's keep moving forward on meeting our obligations and building the strongest economy in the history of the world. I'll take a few questions. Now, Senator, before we get to the Q&A part, there is a large portion of the American people and a large portion of people, especially that listen to this podcast, and they sit there and they go, let me get this straight. He wants now credit for creating a crisis and then now saying we've averted said crisis, which was a massive default. So therefore, you should be happy. And the red flag goes up, which is, OK, so you drive us down this road so that there's this deadline in our face with a gun to our head. And then you can throw in a bunch of pork and a bunch of stuff we don't like because the guns to our head on default. And then you want us to clap for you doing a great job. And I'm not just referring to him. I'm referring to Congress. Are we ever going to find a way to get us off this merry-go-round? Well, look, I, I think Joe Biden is going to continue to try to create crises and continue to go hard left and try to ram through uh, his hard left agenda. It's going to be much harder with a Republican House. So I expect more and more of it to be on the executive side and regulatory side. But in this instance, look, if you want to know how to assess this deal, one of the ways to do so is listen to what the Democrats are saying. 
there, Joe Biden is, is urging every Democrat to support it. Here's Ron Klain, his former chief of staff. He tweeted today, quote, every Dem should support this deal and then rally behind Joe Biden and help him win the White House, the Senate and the House in 2024 uh, so we can save our economy uh, now and get better policy in 2025. That was Ron Klain's reaction. Let me give you another reaction to it. And this was Bill Kristol. Now, Bill Kristol used to be somewhat conservative. When Trump became president, Kristol lost his mind and has been a, a hard left Democrat cheerleader ever since. Here's Kristol's reactions. Quote, first reactions to the deal. One, good for the U.S. through the need to get rid of the debt ceiling in 2025. Uh, and two, good for Biden. We policy... Domestic spending freezes no worse than the CRs that a GOP House would have produced. And over the four years, spending on liberal priorities up. So that's Bill Crystal's assessment. Um, and, and Bill Crystal's assessment beyond that, he also quote tweets a, a tweet from, from a reporter, a guy named Max Cohen, who tweeted the follow, following. He said, quote, I asked McCarthy about how he would describe his interactions with Biden during negotiations. Quote, very, very professional, very smart, very tough at the same time, McCarthy replied. And here was Bill Kristol's reaction to that. Wow, McCarthy seems to be all in for now on undercutting the MAGA narrative about President Biden being out of it, which is good for Biden and for the country. And then he says, and for the future, wouldn't McCarthy prefer being speaker with a President Biden than having to deal with a President Trump. As to that last question, hell no, Bill. And, and you have Trump derangement syndrome, which makes you think the country is better off handing our, the, the nation over to out-of-control Marxists than actually winning policy victories in the White House. But, but that does tell you something about how people are reacting to this deal, that, that folks on the far left are cheerleading it right now. Yeah, there, and there's one other question, and that is this from a reporter, and I want, I want to get your reaction to it. Uh, a reporter asked the president uh, about him, quote, compromising. And as you mentioned it there, it, it seems the Democrats, in many ways, got a pretty good deal here. And Biden was trying to act like he was some sort of, you know, well, I, I, it was really hard for me to do this, really tough. But, you know, what was my alternative? Listen. President, you said at the beginning that the debt ceiling was not negotiable. Isn't that what you've just done here? Isn't that what you guys, look, we're not negotiating the debt ceiling. Here's the deal. They passed, they said they're going to, they passed the debt ceiling, and they said they'd only do it on condition that it have all these cuts in it. I said, I'm not going to do that. You pass the debt ceiling, period. I'll negotiate with you on the cuts, what you say what's going to happen, what, what, what the budget's going to look like. That's what we are negotiating in order to get to them deciding that they're going to go along with a new debt ceiling, meaning that it's not attached. It's something totally different attached than was attached before. So if you want to try to make it look like I made some compromise in the debt ceiling, I didn't. I made a compromise on the budget. That's what they wanted, is you to make a compromise on the budget, and that's what you've done, even though you haven't gone as far as they wanted, isn't that right? Sure, yeah. Well, <laughs> can you think of an alternative? <laughs> can you think of an alternative? And there's the chuckle. I mean, really, that's what you've got from the president in the White House tonight? Uh, oh, look, what, what he just said there was complete gobbledygook, and, and it is absolutely right 
that Biden suffered a major defeat. Initially, he staked out a position that was patently unreasonable. He said he wasn't going to talk. He wasn't going to negotiate. The only thing he would take was a clean debt ceiling. That was objectively unreasonable. But frankly, it's been the position of a lot of Democrat presidents in the past. And sometimes they've held that line. Sometimes they haven't. Unfortunately, sometimes Republican leadership in the senator house has echoed the line of Democrat presidents that it must be a clean debt ceiling with nothing attached, uh, which is beginning with unilateral surrender. I will credit the House, the House Republicans, and I think it is House conservatives that drove this, that the clean debt ceiling was off the table and Biden was forced to completely surrender on that demand. And his whole convoluted explanation there made no sense. He ended up abandoning his claim he wasn't going to negotiate, and he came to the Yoshing table. And look, it was always obvious that what was going to pass was going to be somewhere between what the House initially passed and nothing. And, And so I did not stake out the position that every word of what the House passed initially has to pass or else it's unacceptable. My criticism is it's closer to nothing than it should have been. So, for example, in what the House originally passed, it blocked the illegal and unconstitutional Biden student debt cancellation. Uh, That would have saved at least $460 billion. What's been reported publicly is, nope, all of that's still in there. Now, uh, allegedly, and and what Kevin said, is, is there is something in there saying that if the court strikes it down, people have to resume paying their debts. I I didn't quite understand what he was saying when he described that, but we'll see what the text is. At the end of the day, the old version eliminated it altogether, and this one at best punts it to the court. It's worth comparing the overall numbers. What the House did initially was increase the debt limit by $1.5 trillion, or until March of 2024. So it was a partial debt increase, uh, but not a blank check. What this does, does is it suspends the debt limit altogether until January 2025. So on the face of it, instead of $1.5 trillion, it's about $4 trillion in debt. Now, that's more than twice as much debt. That is a lot of debt. And if you're giving the Democrats that much debt, I think you should be getting real and material spending increases. And, and, and the big thing to understand is, is what happened for the federal government. In 2017, the, the total federal budget was about $4 trillion. It's now $6.5 trillion. That's happened in just five years. Why? The biggest reason is because of COVID and the massive spending on COVID, and then because the Democrat majorities. The last two years rammed through massive spending. And, and unfortunately, this deal may slightly slow down the rate of growth going forward, but it does very little to turn the clock back on the explosion of spending that was given with COVID as the excuse and that is driving inflation. If you don't like paying more for every bill you've got, having the federal government spend like drunken sailors is one of the big causes of it. And so if you just think in terms of big picture comparison, increasing the debt limit from $1.5 trillion to $4 trillion is a big increase, and the spending reductions are much, much smaller, that's the biggest reason I'm disappointed by, by what we're looking at. 
I got to ask you a, a hypothetical here. Will we ever, uh, and there's a lot of people that are listening, I'm one of them that thinks this every time we go down this road, are we ever going to get a balanced budget amendment, Senator? Is that now just the biggest load of crap ever promised by by a lot of politicians to get people to go to the polls and vote for them, that I'll do this and I'm going to do this? There's been opportunities to do it. Never gets done. People love the drunken sailor spending when they get into office. Uh, you're one of those that criticize it every single time. But when you see where we're going with our debt... Yep. Is there any chance that we will ever get a balanced budget amendment, even if the Republicans got back the House, Senate, and the White House, all at the same time? Well, look, if we're counting on current members of Congress, there's no chance whatsoever. Um, all of the Democrats oppose a balanced budget amendment. All of them like spending like drunken sailors. And the, the unfortunate thing is about half the Republicans do, and Republican leadership loves the spending. Anytime we have a big spending fight... In the Senate, there are about 20 Republicans who are willing to vote no. And you usually get all the Democrats and 20 to 30 Republicans who will vote for damn near any spending bill they see. I, I did last week. I was on Squawk Box on CNBC, which I really like doing Squawk Box because you actually get into substantive conversations at, in greater depth than the five or six minute soundbite you get on most other shows. But in the course of being on Squawk Box, at one point we were talking about the out-of-control spending, and, and, and they said, well, gosh, you know, you, you, you had the Inflation Reduction Act, you had the infrastructure bill, and, and you had this other bill. And I'm like, yeah, and I voted against all of those. And, and, and the hosts were a little surprised on that. But look, I don't think we ought to be bankrupting our country. And, and the simple math of it, five years ago, the national debt was just over $20 trillion. Today, it's $32 trillion. That is a massive, massive increase. And, and I think we should be using this leverage now to make a greater step to stopping that spending and that out-of-control debt. Last question for you, Senator. How close are we to just being uh, in, in total chaos? And I'm talking about as a country with debt. Uh, you look at the national debt clock and, and those numbers. If, if we want to pay it all off of the U.S. national debt, debt per citizen is over 95000 now for the first time ever. But not every citizen pays taxes. So if you had dex, debt per taxpayer, you'd be 248000 And that would just pay off the debt for one one-thousandth of a second, and we'd still immediately go back in the red. Uh, you look at the U.S. federal uh, debt to GDP ratio. Uh, for example, in 2000, it was 57.78%, the U.S. federal debt to GDP ratio. Now, it's the worst it's ever been in history, 120.47%. Uh, that is something that every economist in the world would say is impossible uh, to sustain. And when you see this now, and you look at the debt, and you look at our kids, I look at my kids, I know you look at your kids, and you see this, and you think at some point this debt time bomb is going to explode is there anyone really that cares that's in a, a high leadership role in dc over this and before you answer that let me tell you about our friends at patriot mobile uh, i don't know about you but i'm sick and tired of giving uh my money to woke companies we've seen what's been happening with bud light and target uh with patagonia the list goes on and on north face we've seen this and if you are sick and tired of giving your money to companies that are destructive, their woke ideology is coming after your family, then I've got a way you can make a difference. For years, 
big mobile companies have been dumping millions of dollars into leftist causes and you didn't have another option because it didn't exist. You just had to go along with it. Not anymore. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you get the best possible coverage for your area without the woke propaganda pushed by leftists working hard to destroy this country. Now, when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you support free speech and religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, our military, veterans, and first responders. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service team, so they're supporting American workers. And when you switch, a portion of your bill every month goes to these causes at no extra cost to you. So check out Patriot Mobile. Stand with a company that stands with your values. PatriotMobile.com slash verdict. Use a promo code VERDICT to get the best deals of the day. Free activation. You can keep your same cell phone number you have now and keep your same cell phone or get a new one if you want to. Get free activation, patriotmobile.com, or call them 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT, patriotmobile.com. Senator, that, lastly, that question for you. Uh, I see a U.S. debt ticking time bomb. I think every economist says it. Uh, this is not just about our kids and our grandkids having debt. This is about losing control in a, of, a, of a country, in essence, when this explodes, if we don't right this ship. How concerned are you on that level? So I'm very concerned, but, but let's wrap this podcast up with, with a note of optimism. Yes, absolutely, yes, we can solve this. I, I don't believe this is unsolvable. I don't believe we're in a hole that is too deep. If you look at the federal budget, and, and, and if you're a numbers person, and, and, and look, I'm someone who, who cares about numbers, cares about cares about the budget. There is only one first order variable when it comes to the budget. And that is economic growth. Everything else is a second order or third order variable. In other words, we cannot cut spending enough doing nothing else to solve this problem. The only way to get out of it is to increase GDP growth. And if you look at when when growth is booming, since World War II, GDP growth has averaged about 3.3% a year. That number is critically, critically important. Um, during the second half of the Obama years, GDP growth averaged less than 1% a year, 0.9% a year. The preceding time, GDP growth had averaged less than 1% a year was 1978 to 1982 coming out of Jimmy Carter. If you have anemic GDP growth, you can't solve the, the budget problem. It's impossible. On the other hand, if you have booming economic growth, it's a double whammy on the budget because when you have booming growth, number one, tax revenue surge. And so the federal government takes in more revenue. But number two, when you have booming economic growth, a lot of federal spending drops, welfare spending drops. So people who are getting welfare get jobs. And when they get jobs, they stop getting welfare and they start paying taxes. So you get a double whammy. And, and to give you a sense of how potent it can be, look, if you ask, can we ever solve it? The natural question is to ask, well, when's the last time we solved it and didn't have a deficit? And the answer to that would be after 12 years of Reagan Bush coming in, cutting taxes, simplifying the tax code, reducing job killing regulations. And Reagan came in and did that. He came in, inherited Jimmy Carter's anemic growth. He slashed the tax code. He simplified the tax code. 
uh, and any cut job killing regulations. And Ben, do you know what GDP growth was in 1984? I, I would love to know. And I know you know that number. So tell me. 7.2%. Wow. That's that's those are developing country numbers. Those are numbers you see in countries like India and Singapore. Those are not what you see in in major industrialized countries like the United States. Typically, that's the power of growth. And what happened after we saw the growth unleashed through through eight years of Reagan and four more years of Bush is Bill Clinton inherited an economy that was booming so strong that we had a $4 trillion budget surplus. That's how you do it. That's how you fix it. And if you want to fix it again, we got to do the same thing. By the way, rewind to JFK. JFK, if he were running today, the Democrat Party would chase him out of the party. They'd tar and feather him. JFK ran for the presidency on tax cuts and defeating communists. Neither one of those are welcome in today's Democrat Party. But you look at JFK cut taxes, JFK reduced regulations, and JFK campaigned on 5% annual GDP growth. And we produced that during his presidency. It was an economic boom. We can do that again. But, Ben, we're not going to do it again until we have a president who is thoroughly committed to doing so. And that means reigning in the spending, but that also means the aggressive pro-growth tax cutting, tax simplification, and repealing of job-killing regulations that let small businesses prosper and flourish. Until that happens, if we don't have the growth, you can't solve the problem. But with the growth, I believe we can solve it. You also asked a minute ago if we'll ever get a balanced budget amendment. Not through the current members of Congress, but I do think the states are very close to calling for a constitutional convention to pass one, which is the only way it will ever happen with pressure from the states. Yeah, a lot of a lot of support and a lot of growth and a lot of people finding out about that movement as well, which is a great thing. Uh, Senator, uh, always a pleasure for everyone listening. Don't forget to, to hit that subscribe, that auto download button uh, or the follow tab. If you're listening on Apple podcast, the top, there's a follow button. You can click it and you'll make sure that you get every episode we publish on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. When you listen to our show, please share it on social media. You can hit that little forward arrow. Arrow, uh, and share it on whatever social media platform you are on that helps other people listen to the show and find it. Uh, and most importantly, write us a five-star review if you can, wherever you're listening to the show. Uh, as always, Senator, pleasure being with you. We'll see you back here in a couple of days. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.